Playing by the uncertainties of our modern world, life can seem awfully bleak at times. In our search for purpose, meaning, and certainty, most of us would love to have an inkling of what lies ahead, to have even a glimpse of tomorrow today. In our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today, we share from the Bible a wonderful blueprint of hope, which reveals that God wants us to live an abundant life and that he has an amazing future planned for us. All right. Welcome to our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today. I'm your host, Merrick Brown. Thank you always for joining me on this journey of hope. I always want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and to share these messages of hope wherever you listen, with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers, and just all who you meet. So in our last podcast episode, uh, I think it was called Who is Worthy? Uh, that episode focused on Revelation chapter 4 and 5. And, 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 and there we are given a glimpse of Jesus' coronation. And this is after his, after his death, after his resurrection, after he ascends to heaven. And now, uh, on this momentous occasion in, in the history of the universe, uh, gathered for Jesus' coronation was not only God the Father, not only the billions of angels who are in heaven, but there were also 24 human representatives. 24 human beings, imagine that, uh, who were in heaven on this momentous occasion as well. And so John states in Revelation chapter 5 that he saw on the throne of God, uh, beside God the Father, a scroll. And that during the coronation ceremony, a strong angel steps forward and, and he asks the question, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose the seals of the scroll? Right, And so what does a scroll have to do with the coronation of Jesus in heaven anyway? Uh, so here's the reality. When an Israelite king was enthroned or when he became king, he not only received a crown, he was not only seated on the throne, but he also received a copy of the law, which was in essence uh, the contract or covenant that God makes with his people. Now, the Bible talks about this in Deuteronomy chapter 17. In Deuteronomy chapter 17, starting in verse 14, we read, and of course, just, just, just to give you some context here, uh, here Moses is addressing the people of Israel just before his death, right? And so Moses tells them there in Deuteronomy chapter 17, beginning in verse 14, when you enter the land that the Lord your God is giving you and have taken possession of it and settled it, and you say, let us set a king over us like all the other nations around us, be sure Moses said to them to appoint over you a king the Lord your God chooses and when he the king takes the throne of his kingdom he is to write for himself a scroll a copy of this law taken from that of the Levitical priest and so it was only with the crown on the king's head and the scroll in his hand did a king in Israel um, become king, right? And so that, that, that was the, the, the Israelite coronation there. That was what it looked like. And, and we see a picture of this uh, at Jesus' coronation in Revelation chapter 5 itself. And so what does uh, the scroll that Jesus takes in Revelation chapter 5 at his coronation represent? So essentially, the scroll represents the entire plan of salvation. Uh, in essence, the scroll contains the entire history of salvation. It, it describes how God begins to save humanity from the moment of our fall and ends with humanity's redemption in the new heavens and new earth that is to come. Essentially, friends, the scroll contains the events that are chronicled in the book of Revelation, especially starting in Revelation chapter 6, right? And so when Jesus takes the scroll from the throne from his father's hand, heaven is reminding us that Jesus is the master 
master of all history. We are being reminded here that Jesus is in control of all of all of our human destiny, right? We are being reminded that Jesus is the man who holds tomorrow in his hands. And we say praise be to God for that. And so what happens when Jesus begins to open the seven seals of the scroll? We find out starting in, in, in Revelation chapter 6, actually. And of course, uh, we will need to spend several episodes, several podcast episodes just looking at the those events uh when each of the the seals of the scroll are are open right and so we're going to go into detail with that um in, in future episodes however in this episode i want us to take a, a, a do a quick preview to, to get some context right of the of the first four seals uh mentioned there in revelation chapter six uh because each of the four seals uh because as each of those four seals are open we see these four horsemen who have been Properly called, they're, they're properly called the um, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and there has been, I mean, just so much confusion. There's a lot of speculation as to what really these four horsemen uh, constitute or what they represent, and and, and we really want to understand uh, what that means in in Revelation chapter six. And so you may have already heard about the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. These four horsemen have been uh, four horsemen have been referenced many times in popular literature, in paintings, in movies, uh, in in, in music, in other media, uh, and they are often represented as uh, portents of the imminent doomsday disasters, right, which are soon to come on planet Earth in these last days. For example, um, some people believe that the first horseman uh, often describes the so-called future Antichrist who is to come. That's what they believe. Uh, some people believe that the second horseman is often connected to a, a terrible warfare that will break out in the end times. Uh, some folks believe that the, the third horseman is often tied to a future global famine that will impact a, a large part of the planet. And still others believe that the fourth horseman, uh, who is called death, is said to bring death and destruction on the planet in these last days. Yet, how should we really understand the true meaning of the four horsemen in the context of the seven seals which Jesus opens in heaven? Uh, so again, in, in a future podcast, I'm going to go into real detail here on each of the seals, on each of the, the four horsemen. But for now, I want you to notice that the actions of, of the four horsemen, which represent the four, uh, the first four seals that Jesus opens, th these actions are actually summarized in, in Revelation chapter 6, verse 8. And, and there we read this. And, and of course, it's talking about the four horsemen there in Revelation chapter 6, verse 8. It says, power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword with hunger with death and by the beasts of the earth and so according to the book of revelation the actions of the four horsemen uh, are summarized as i mean conquests war famine and death and so what does all this mean i, I mean i can tell you uh, we really don't want to jump to any conclusions here or to speculate in any way we really want to allow the bible to interpret itself and to show us what god is trying to communicate to us and so uh, i want us to read from the book a turn to the book of leviticus leviticus especially leviticus leviticus chapter 26 verse 21 to 26 now this is a very important text because it will help us to really understand uh the meaning of the the four horsemen of of revelation now 
for I just want to give you some context here uh, from Leviticus. Moses is telling the children of Israel that if they obey God, that he will bless them immensely. And that he tells them that if they disobey or fail to follow God, then certain curses would be inflicted on the people on the land because of their sins. And so in order to, to, to bring them back to God, and I don't want you to miss this, in order for them, uh, uh, in order to, to bring them back to himself, back to them, their senses, uh, God inflicts these curses on the people. I don't want you to miss that, right? So now let's let's get into Leviticus chapter 26, uh, reading from verse 21 to 26. And here's what it says here. Then if you walk contrary to me, God is speaking, right? Uh, and, and are not willing to obey me, I will bring on you seven times more plagues, right? According to your sins. I will also send wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children, destroy your livestock, and make you few in number, and your highways shall be desolate. And if by these things you are not reformed by me, but walk contrary to me, then I will also walk contrary to you, says God. I will punish you seven yet seven times for your sins and I will bring a, a sword against you that will execute the vengeance of the covenant when you are gathered together within your cities I will send pestilence among you and you shall be delivered into the hand of the enemy and he says in verse 26 and I will cut off your supply of bread that sounds like famine to me right ten women shall bake your bread in one oven and they shall bring back um, your bread by weight and you shall eat and not be satisfied. So this text here in Leviticus is talking about plagues, right? Uh, he's talking about wild beasts. Uh, he's talking about um, he's talking about swords. He's talking about uh, vengeance. He's talking about pestilence. He's talking about famine, right? So once again, this is talking about the covenant blessings and covenant curses in the book of Leviticus. And so how does this all relate or connect to the four horsemen of Revelation? Now, remember, again, we get if we go back to Revelation chapter 6, verse 8, this is what it says. It says, talking about the four horsemen, power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. And so what we find here in Revelation chapter 6, verse 8, this is the very same thing that Leviticus chapter 26, verse 21 to 26 is talking about. It's the very same thing. So what is Jesus saying here in Revelation chapter 6 as it regards to the, 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 the four horsemen? And I don't want you to miss this, right? He's saying that the, four, the first horseman represents the preaching of the gospel, right? And so the gospel goes into all the world as a great conquest. And this conquest robs Satan's kingdoms of his followers. And the result is the second horseman who brings war or opposition to God's people through persecution because God's enemies refuse to obey the gospel. Now, next, the, the, the third horseman represents famine. Uh, and there is a famine in the land for the word of God. Why? Because the enemies of God refuse to listen to him. They refuse to obey God. Finally, the fourth horseman brings death or a corrupting of the gospel. And again, this happens because the world refuses to obey the pure, unchanging word of God. And so what does the four horsemen of Revelation represent? And I don't want you to miss this. If you didn't, if you didn't hear anything else that I said before, I don't want you to miss this, right? So this is what it says. If This is what it is. It is if people respond in obedience to God, if they respond in obedience to Jesus and accept his sacrifice for their sins, they will receive the blessings of the gospel. But if people reject 
God and his word and his gospel, then the curses, then curses and not blessings will often come upon the earth. And, and that makes sense, right? I mean, this really makes sense because already we know because of sin, right? Our planet is already under the curse of sin, right? And so when people reject God's blessings, they open themselves up to the curses of disobedience. These curses are actions of the four horsemen are, they open themselves up to war, to famine, to pestilence, uh, death. And, and, and we see so many, oftentimes we see so many of these things happening even now in our world, right? Now get this, this is very important, right? And this is all happening. God allows uh, this, this, this famine, I mean, these wars, these, this famine, this pestilence, this, this death uh, to happen in our world, right? Uh, he's often allowing these things to happen because uh, he's, he's trying to use this, these things as a, as a loving and merciful God to warn people of the choices that they are making when they reject or rebel against him. Right. And so God is using these things, these actions of, of, of the four horsemen, right, to warn people, to have them to turn to him, to turn back to him, to have them to repent and, and to turn to him. In other words, friends, the, the judgments of the four horsemen are, are the loving disciplinary actions that God, that Jesus uses to try to bring a disobedient world back to their senses in order to encourage them to accept the gospel, to accept salvation which God offers and, 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 and all of the blessings and the benefits that comes with accepting Jesus and the gospel. That, that's simply what the four horsemen right of revelation is all about god is sending these judgments and he's using them as a wake-up call for the world and he's using uh because people are rejecting the gospel uh a war comes right famine death all these different things so that people will wake up and realize that jesus is coming back very soon and that they need to repent and and turn back to him you know in revelation chapter 3 verse 19 to 20 jesus says something here that i've taken note of he says I correct and discipline everyone I love. Isn't that beautiful? He says, I correct and, and discipline everyone I love. He says, so be diligent and turn from your indifference, Jesus says. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will share a meal. And he says, we will share a meal together as friends. Listen. Listen, friends, this same Jesus, the lamb who was slain for us, he loves us. And yes, it's true. Jesus will often discipline us. And he does it because he loves us, right? And this same Jesus has wonderful plans for us. In fact, he tells us there in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 to 14, he says, I know what I've planned for you. I've plans to prosper you, not to harm you. I've plans to give you a future filled with hope. He says, when you call out to me and come to me in prayer, I will hear your prayers. If you seek me with all of your heart and soul, I will make myself available to you. My friends, the Lord Jesus has planned an amazing future for us. My hope is that you'll come to trust him and that you will choose to live by his way, by his word, and not by your own way. And I promise you, if you do this, your life will never be the same. Listen, I want to encourage you to remember to, to like uh, and to subscribe and to share these messages of hope, this, this podcast, wherever you listen. Uh, of course, you can also email me. My I have an email address. My email address is knowingtomorrowtoday at gmail.com. It's knowingtomorrowtoday at gmail.com. If you have 
additional questions uh i mean when you email me uh if you email me i will send you a book stuff right i there's a book that actually inspired this podcast it's called knowing tomorrow today uh glimpses of the future that will change your life if you email me if you reach out to me i will send you a free books book stuff so you'll have a a free electronic copy of of this book listen may god continue to bless you i'm eric brown until next time stay blessed and stay well Stay the same It's gonna get better